Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Broken Things Welcome Here podcast. I'm your host, Leah. Thanks so much for joining us. We took a couple of weeks off over the holidays, but we are back and I'm super excited. Um, This week's episode is going to be super short and sweet. I thought that it would be really helpful to cover some basic grief terminology as we enter the new year. Um, Sometimes talking to people about grief, they are dealing with different types of grief and sometimes it's just good to understand those types of grief. So if you've been here before, you know that I'm going to tell you to get comfy, um, grab a cup of coffee or a cup of tea, and let's get started. So the first type of grief that we're going to cover is anticipatory grief. So anticipatory grief basically is um, when we have people who are suffering from grief signs and symptoms, but have not actually experienced that grief yet. Most of the time we're going to see anticipatory grief present itself if there is some type of chronic illness that's present. Um, So something where someone knows that there is a terminal diagnosis for someone that they love and they are starting to experience that grief, we can also start to see that with people who have early onset dementia, early onset Alzheimer's. So people start to experience that grief and some of those grief symptoms before the actual death has occurred. Um, Anticipatory grief is really tough. Um, A lot of times people exist in sort of this hyper arousal state where every time the phone rings, They are wondering what's going to, you know, what are they going to hear on the other end? Um, A lot of times they can experience a lot of similar symptoms um, as people who are actually in um, normal grief itself. So really tough. Um, Everybody goes through this, although some people have a longer exposure to what we would call anticipatory grief. And again, that's in a lot of cases where we have a chronic illness or a terminal diagnosis where we've got, you know, some time to process that that is going to cause the death of someone that we love. Um, again, oftentimes we see this with people who have early onset dementia or, um, you know, early onset Alzheimer's where their loved ones are starting to experience those that grief for that person before the death has actually occurred. So that is anticipatory grief. Next type of grief that we're going to talk about is normal grief, which is uncomplicated. Um, so normal grief, signs and symptoms, a lot of physical symptoms. You know, this is going to occur typically after we've experienced the loss of a loved one. Um, this is what we would call a normal grief experience, which is uncomplicated, meaning that we are going to move through the grieving process without complication. So we're not going to develop any PTSD symptoms. We're not going to develop any trauma from this. We are going to move through um, grief and its um, signs and symptoms and be able to deal with those appropriately, whether that's through therapy or groups or just finding our people and having them involved in our life. But that is a normal grieving process. And that's what we call normal grief, which is uncomplicated, short and sweet and simple. It would also be good to note that I recognize that saying something like short and sweet and simple is definitely not what normal grief is. Um, The definition is short and simple, but the actual process of a normal grief is not. So the next type of grief we're going to talk about is complicated grief. Now, complicated grief can occur if we have experienced a trauma. Um, So 
you know, something has happened that has complicated that grief process for us, such as, you know, we had a loved one who committed suicide. We had a loved one that was in a massive car accident. It was completely unexpected. Um, You know, women are more susceptible to develop complex grief symptoms, um, interestingly enough, through research. And complex grief, I've talked about this before, is um, in the DSM as a diagnosis that needs further um, research and development. So it's really awesome to be able to see that type of grief be recognized in the DSM, even though it is not technically in the DSM. They have recognized it enough to know that it is present. It's a problem. And clinicians need to be better equipped to know how to diagnose and treat complicated grief. So uh, when you have complicated grief, there is going to be some PTSD symptoms um, that are present there, such as, um, you know, we might relive the grief experience. We might be a um, trying to numb ourselves so we're not dealing with it at all um, or we could be totally enmeshed in the um, the person who has passed so you know we're keeping their clothes we're um, you know not able to get out of bed we're completely and totally enmeshed in the grieving experience um, so much so that it's impacting our daily life and not allowing us to um, resume sort of some of that normalcy to our life. So complex grief definitely needs um, to be addressed in therapy if you're seeing a therapist. Um, There are plenty of support groups that are available for grievers, but um, definitely if you've got complex grief symptoms, definitely would recommend seeing a psychotherapist for that and getting some actual professional help. Next type of grief we're going to talk about is disenfranchised grief. So I've talked about disenfranchised grief before. It is typically grief that is not recognized um, within the general public. So that could be um, a miscarriage, right? Uh, So the normal response could be, well, you didn't lose a child, maybe somebody would say to you. Um, in which case you might feel like, yes, I did. I absolutely lost a child. However, a miscarriage is looked at differently in the uh, general community than the loss of a child. So we see how this works. Um, Disenfranchised grief can also be the loss of a job, the loss of a spouse um, through divorce, the loss of a family structure, the loss of a pet, Um, the loss of a home or a lifestyle change. Um, So all of these are would would be considered disenfranchised grief, which means that they're not as widely recognized as grief, and therefore are kind of downplayed within the general public. So really hard for people who are dealing with disenfranchised grief, you know, that is grief that is real and valid to you. um, But not as easy to find support for disenfranchised grievers as it is for people who are moving through quote-unquote normal uncomplicated grief. So that is disenfranchised grief. It would also be good to mention that these definitions are super short and sweet and honestly you could probably do an entire podcast episode on all of these um, types of grief. So just kind of keep that in mind. I'm sort of doing just a general quick overview of these types of grief. But the last one that we're going to cover is going to be ambiguous grief. Ambiguous grief is typically categorized by someone who does not have an actual body to grieve over. A lot of times this is um, similar to disenfranchised grief, right? 
but different in the fact that these people um, do not have an actual body to grieve over. So an example of ambiguous loss might be someone that um, lost a child to kidnapping, never figured out where that child ever went, assumes that child is past, but does not actually know. And so how does that grieving process actually happen when those um, key facts are unclear? Um, People who have dealt with um, POW, right? Um, Somebody is a prisoner of war or has um, been assumed to have passed in a war, um, but there is no body and there's no proof of death. Um, It can be really, really hard to be able to grieve um, appropriately for that type of loss. Um, And so that is what ambiguous loss is categorized by. It's not having an actual body to um, to grieve over and uh, therefore complicating the grieving process quite a bit. So that does it for this episode of Types of Grief. I hope that you have enjoyed this. Maybe you learned something new that you didn't know before. Maybe this was just a refresher for some of you. Um, Again, these definitions were super short and super quick. You could do an entire podcast episode on all of these types and kind of go into a lot of great detail. Um, But this was just a general overview that I feel like is helpful for people. So I hope that you have enjoyed this episode. I hope that whatever your goals are for uh, 2020, that you keep in mind to continue to be kind and continue to be loving to those around you who are grieving. If you are a griever in 2020, my heart is with you. I am happy to hold space for you here. And I would encourage you to continue to practice really good self-care, bring yourself back to your heart center. And hopefully I will see you on the next episode. Bye everybody.